Thank you for listening to Changed by His Word, a podcast of Pine Level Missionary Baptist Church featuring the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We invite you to join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. for worship. For more information, visit us online at pinelevelmbc.org. And now for today's message. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 23, I'm going to ask if you will to stand in reverence of God and the reading of His holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Mark chapter 2, verse 23 says, And it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need, and he and his companions became hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest, and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest, and he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I want you to listen carefully to these words by Laura Penderbridge. And I quote, Hello, my name is Laura. I'm a grace killer. If there was a 12-step program for recovering grace killers, a.k.a. legalists, I could be the founder. And that is how I would need to introduce myself. It's an embarrassing confession. It's an, an essential confession but it's a victorious confession. And a significant part of my voyage is that I spent the first ten years of my walk with Jesus completely unaware that I was a legalist. I sincerely thought I was defending God and His Word. That's exactly how Satan deceives God's people. Legalism, a perversion of holiness that masquerades as morality, can look and feel godly, respectable, virtuous, and beneficial. This is especially true if we're surrounded with other grace killers who cheer us on. During my years as a legalist, I was knowledgeable in the Bible, and I knew about the Pharisees. I believed I could detect legalism. It wasn't until I read a book by Chuck Swindoll called The Grace Awakening, which prompted me to ask God, Am I a grace killer? That's when the Holy Spirit revealed truth. But what I've discovered in my freedom from legalism is a Pharisee loves the rules more than the person. A person who has shed legalism sees the person with a lens of compassion. End of quote. You know, I can relate this morning to Laura's story. You see, in my early years as a Christian, my early Christian walk, I struggled with legalistic tendencies. I was quick to place judgment on someone because of something they did or because of something they did not do. And you see, even today there are times where legalism wants to rear its ugly head. But rather than having a compassion for people, I saw them through a legalistic lens. And my challenge for us today is to see people through the lens of the gospel, not through our own eyes and not through the pharisaical lens of the Pharisees. This morning as we examine verses 23 through 28 and conclude chapter 2 of Mark's gospel, I want to draw your attention to the text before us in verses 23 through 28. Not only in these verses, but also in chapter 3 verses 1 through 12, uh, these verses deal with the Sabbath. 
But this morning, for the next few moments, I want to share a message that I've simply entitled, Lord of the Sabbath. If you're taking notes, I want you to notice first this morning, the Pharisees' accusation. Now, if you recall back in part 10 of this series, Jesus encountered a tax collector by the name of Levi. We also know him as Matthew. He was sitting in his tax collecting booth. He was collecting taxes, and Jesus walked by the shores of Galilee. He looked at Levi, and he said these words to him, Follow me. And at that moment, Levi's life was eternally changed. He got up from his tax collecting booth. He began to follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, he went back to his house. He threw a big party. He invited all his friends to come and be a part of that that party. I mean, they were tax collectors. They were sinners that he was inviting. And Jesus was right there in the midst of them. You see, it was then that the Pharisees began to question Jesus' authority. And they started by questioning his authority with asking the disciples a question. And this is the question they asked. Why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? And then last Sunday, uh, in, in last Sunday's message, the Pharisees were asking another question. They asked this question. Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And here yet we have another question. And this question is not specifically for the disciples, they asked this question directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the question. Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Why are your disciples picking heads of grain? You see, as I've mentioned before, the the Pharisees were livid. They were outraged. They could not hardly uh, stand what was taking place. I mean, they were biting their fingernails. Uh, They they were were wringing their fists. They were ready to, to unload on Jesus. I mean, they were upset first and foremost by the fact that Jesus was eating with sinners. And then secondly, they were upset because of his disciples were not fasting like they were and like John's disciples. And now they're really irate. I mean, they are ticked off because they say that the disciples are working on the Sabbath. And they ask Jesus the question, why in the world are they doing this? Now listen to what Dr. Danny Aiken says concerning this, and I quote, In the eyes of the Pharisees, the disciples were guilty of a double violation. First, they were traveling, which was defined as walking more than 1,999 paces. However, the Pharisees focus on the second violation, which was reaping. Now, Deuteronomy 23, 25 says, When you enter your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck heads of the grain with your hand. So according to this law, the disciples were in the clear. However, Exodus 34, 21 says, You are to labor six days, but you must rest on the seventh day. You must even rest during plowing and harvesting times. Plucking was considered harvesting in the eyes of the Pharisees. End of quote. The purpose of the Pharisees' question was to level these accusations against Jesus. Now, here's the accusation. Jesus, you and your disciples are breaking the law. You're violating the Sabbath because you are working on the Sabbath. You see, the root of the issue was not about violating the Sabbath. The underlying condition were the Pharisees' motives. They were legalistic all the way to the core. You see, there are many today 
yes, within the church, and even outside the church, that have these legalistic, pharisaical tendencies. You see, legalism should not be named among believers. I mean, for crying out loud, these guys, they couldn't even keep the Ten Commandments. And they had created hundreds, yet thousands of other commands to try to define the Ten Commandments. And this one about keeping the Sabbath was just one of them. You see, they couldn't even keep the Ten Commandments. And I know this because the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 10, whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles in one point is guilty of all. And then we know in Romans 3.23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Hey, that's you this morning. That's me this morning. We all fall short of God's glory. So they were charging the one who wrote the law with violating the law. In other words, they were charging the word of the law with breaking the law of the word. I mean, they created thousands and thousands of rules for men to follow. Yet they did not even keep the rules themselves. Hey, I would urge you this morning, don't fall into this camp. Don't be the type of person that creates a bunch of rules for other people to follow. Hey, we can't even follow the Ten Commandments and live up to them. Yet we want to create additional rules for other people to follow. Don't fall into this trap. Be careful of the accusations you levy against others. So the first thing I want you to see is their accusation. But notice secondly, I want you to see the Lord's response. The Lord's response. So here Jesus responds to the Pharisees' accusation, and He does so with a question. This is the question that Jesus asked the Pharisees. He says to them, Have you never read what David did? You know, I imagine the Pharisees at that moment were probably scratching their head. They were probably thinking to themselves, Why is He not just answering the question that we've asked? Instead, He's asked us a question. So now we've got to search into our hearts and see if we can answer the question, if we understand what He's asking us. Jesus says, Have you never read what David did? And I love what Jesus does here. It causes you to think. It causes you to focus on the Word of God rather than the Word of men. And that's exactly what the Pharisees were all about. They were all about their rules and their regulations and their own words. You see, Jesus gives an example from the Old Testament, and you find this account in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. You see, David had been anointed king, yet Saul still reigned. David was fleeing in fear of Saul taking his life, and he found himself in dire straits. He found himself in a situation where not only he was hungry, but the men that were with him were hungry as well. They needed food. They needed nourishment for their bodies. And David asked the priest for bread, and the, bread, uh, the only bread that was available was the bread of the presence. It was the bread that could only be eaten by the priest. David was not a priest. And instead of going hungry... David and his men, they take the bread of the presence and they consume the bread because they needed nourishment for their body. So then, what's the point and how does, how does this apply to the Pharisees' accusation? Well, one writer explains it this way, and I quote, Jesus' point was that David broke the law. 
as the Pharisees wrongly interpreted it. Don't miss that. By eating the bread that only the priests were to eat. Nevertheless, he could do so because David's men were in need. Again, the offense was a matter of incorrect Pharisaic interpretation, not a violation of the law, end of quote. So the first thing we see here is the fact that the Pharisees once again hurled another accusation against the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing I want you to note is the Lord's response. How Jesus responds to the Pharisees. You know, I think we would do ourselves a lot of good these days if we responded to people that, that, uh, that followed the, the practices of the Pharisees in the same manner that Jesus responded to the Pharisees. The third thing I want you to see this morning is this. I want you to see the purpose of the Sabbath. And we're going to camp out here for just a few moments because this is extremely important. Look at verse 28, verses 27 and 28. Verse 27 says, Jesus said to them, listen to this. He said, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Verse 28, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So to help us understand the purpose of the Sabbath, we must first ask the question, what is the Sabbath? Well, we learn about the Sabbath from the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, specifically in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Listen carefully to what the Bible says. And I quote, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is a, a, a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. End of quote. Well, first, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. The Sabbath is not Sunday. Okay? Follow me here. The Sabbath is not Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. According to the Old Testament, the Sabbath was on the seventh day. So if this is the first day of the week, the seventh day of the week would have been on Saturday. And as you examine its historical context, you quickly learn that these laws were given specifically to the Israelites, to the Jews. Now, for the Jews, the observance of the Sabbath began on Friday at sunset, and it ran until sunset on Saturday. So that was the time frame for which the Jews observed the Sabbath. Now, according to Tony Morita, since God rested on the seventh day of creation, Jews would abstain from labor on the Sabbath. This, along with circumcision, were distinguishing marks of a Jew. So you could tell that a person was a Jew based on the fact that if he was male, he was circumcised and that he also observed the Sabbath. So under the Old Covenant, the Sabbath was this, a day of rest. I want you to write that down and think about that. The Sabbath was a day of rest. But the commandment specifically deals with rest, not with worship. Not with worship. Praise God that today we're living under the new covenant, 
not under the old covenant. I'm so thankful today that we're not under law, but we are under grace. Romans 6.14 The Sabbath was important then, and yes, it's important to observe a Sabbath now. Sabbath means to rest, and you all need to rest from your labor, including your pastor. Amen? We all need to rest from our labor. You see, I like to take rest on Sunday afternoons to kick back in my recliner, but the morning of Sunday is not really a day of rest. Yes, it's a day of worship, but for me it's also a day of work. I mean, sermons don't just fall from trees. I mean, it requires study and preparation and work. You see, my day of rest is supposed to be Friday. That's my day off. However, on Friday, almost always, I find myself doing something related to work or ministry. Not because I have to, but because I feel that I need to. So this past Friday, I made a point, and I was very intentional to rest from my study and my preparation. Not because this message isn't important, it is of utmost importance, but because I needed to rest from study and preparation, I needed to put that aside for the time so that I could focus on resting for Brad. You see, I needed rest physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And if you're honest this morning, you need rest as well. The purpose of the Sabbath. It's important that this fact is not overlooked. First and foremost, the Sabbath is a day of rest. However, many Jews, what they did is not only would they rest on the Sabbath they chose to also worship on the Sabbath. Now, Christians, we know, worship on Sunday. And there's a reason for that. We know that Jesus hung on a cross for our sins. He was buried in a tomb. And praise God, He arose victorious from the grave on the third day. The third day from when He was buried was, the, was Sunday. It was the first day of the week. It was Resurrection Day. Resurrection Sunday. That's why believers in the early church worship King Jesus on Sunday. So Christians worshiped on Sunday in the early church, and Christians choose to worship on Sunday today. But it wasn't until the 8th century, listen to this, the 8th century that Sunday became known as the Christian Sabbath. So yes, Sunday's been a day of worship since the early church. Last Sunday I preached on a message where I spoke about traditions and rituals and requirements and regulations. And, and here's where we have to be extremely careful. Because those same issues that I mentioned last Sunday, we see here in the text before us. And not just here, as we continue to move through Mark's Gospel, as you continue to move through the Gospels, you continue to see the Pharisees bringing up similar issues over and over and over again. So those same issues are prevalent here. Kevin DeYoung explains what was happening well. Listen to this, and I quote, The Pharisees, they were putting rules around rules for others. Where the Bible has a command, let's not budge. Where there is a principle, 
Let's work hard to help each other apply it in faithful ways. But let's not make all of our decisions absolute. Let's make sure we aren't turning our rules and our traditions and then infusing them with the authority of Scripture. You see, here in America, Christians have typically met on Sundays for worship. We typically meet Sundays at 11 a.m. Now, some have changed that to meet at 10 a.m. or 10.15 or 10.30 or even 9 a.m. But however, in recent years, there's also been churches that have said, we're going to create a worship service on Saturday. We're going to come together and worship on Saturday. But the bottom line is this. Christians must come together for corporate worship. The Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. So Christians need to rest. And Sunday has been considered a day of rest. There's nothing wrong with resting on Sunday. But again, we've got to be careful here. We've got to be careful that tradition doesn't prevail. You must not adopt a pharisaical attitude and create laws around laws for other people. If they decide not to rest and to worship on Sunday. And here's why. Because Jesus said in verse 27, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Then he goes on to say, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not to be your Lord. Did you catch that? Your Lord is not a day. Your Lord is not the Sabbath day, be it on Saturday or be it on Sunday. And praise God today, I'm not resting in a day. I'm not resting... Uh, on a day, I'm resting in the Lord Jesus Christ. My rest is in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus is to be your Lord because He is Lord of the Sabbath. Colossians 2.16 says, Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon, here we go, or a Sabbath day. One writer says this, There is no direct or incorrect... Uh, indirect command for believers in the church age to observe the Sabbath as a day of rest or of worship, end of quote. Another writer says this, it is clear in Paul's letters that the Sabbath is not binding upon believers. The Sabbath points to Christ and is fulfilled in Him, end of quote. Praise God for that today. DeYoung goes on to say, when we look at Sunday, the first question should not be, what can't we do today? What can't we do today? What can't we do? Instead, how does God want to give me grace on this day? God made Sunday so that you could have a day of get to, not have to. So when we turn Sunday into nothing but a day of have to, you're only robbing yourself of the rest, the freedom, and the trust that God provided. End of quote. You see, it all boils down to this. You've got to ask the same question that Laura asked. Am I a grace killer? Am I a grace killer? Am I like the Pharisee? You see, I'm so thankful today that I have the opportunity to come and worship King Jesus 
on this day. This Lord's Day. Today is the Lord's Day. Today is Sunday. And I have the freedom to worship King Jesus and so do you. For those who are gathered around your television or your computer or your mobile device, praise God, we're freely worshiping. And we're going to worship King Jesus. And we've been worshiping King Jesus this morning. But you see, my worship of Jesus is not just limited to one hour on a Sunday morning. No, I get to worship Jesus on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I get to worship King Jesus every day, no matter where I go, no matter where I am. If I'm in the lowest valley, I can worship Jesus. If I'm on the highest mountaintop, I can worship King Jesus, and so can you. We've got to be careful. It's not about resting in a day. It's about resting in a person, and His name is Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. The question you've got to ask yourself this morning is this. Is Jesus Lord of your life? That's the biggest question. That's the most important question you'll ever ask. You've been listening to Changed by His Word, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged by this message. If you have any questions about the message or about your relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact Pastor Brad at changedbyhisword at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.